Welcome to the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. This is your host, Deacon Andrew Brazier. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us to this new day, this eighth day, the day of new creation. A day which one day will, will come before us, the day of the Lord we heard from the prophet Malachi. We ask you, Lord, to prepare our hearts for that day, our spirits and our souls. Help us, Lord, to have our focus solely upon you. Solely upon your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, with the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart, be solely for you. In your name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. So, the title of my sermon, and it's not often that I actually come up with a title until after the fact, like the old title, the title of it. So you know where I'm going is, here comes the sun. And we've heard this through the readership about the sun, his coming, about his advent. And the Old Testament, you know, even if James old, it makes you think, you know, what's, what's the relevance of the sun? What's, what's the point of reading it? Uh, shouldn't we just stick with the new? I mean, it's new after all, the New Testament. But it's unfortunate that we label in English the Old Testament the Old because the original Hebrew scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, is just as relevant now as it ever was on the days that the prophets, that Moses, that the Chronicles were written. And really it's more important now than ever that we understand this Old Testament. So I want to show you something today, if you'll let me. I want to show you that the first covenant, the first covenant, what we call the old, is telling us everything we need to know to understand the new covenant. The new covenant. And that's because the Old Testament directly proclaims, directly announces, and directly convinces humanity that we are in need of a that we are in need of a Messiah, a Messiah whose advent is coming. More importantly, I want you to listen as the Old Testament reading illuminates for us that the very real and dreadful day of the Lord is here. And it's coming towards us and will one day arrive. And on that day, there will be no more time to repent. The judge has exited his chambers, entered the courtroom, placed his seat, and is ready to deliver his verdict. So let's turn to today's Old Testament reading. The very last book of the Old Testament, the first testament, the prophet Malachi. And with the prophet Malachi, we hear him and his lament as he prepares the people of Israel, the coming of their king, the true king, God himself. And our reading in Malachi began in chapter 3, in verse 15. Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another, 
to the Israelites, the chosen people of God, to be careful in what they ask for. Desiring to see their king at last. Desiring to see the day of the Lord. Why? Why should they be careful? Because in Isaiah 60, he tells the people, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nation shall come to your light, and king the brightness of your righteousness. You know, there's something about light that's always talked about in the scriptures. Have you ever noticed that? Genesis even begins creation with the account of let there be light. And in Malachi, we learn that on the day of the Lord, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. Now which sun is spelled S-U-N, like the sun that rises in the east? Joseph's father recognized that Malachi prophesying about the true son, the son of promise, Jesus Christ. And our Lord Jesus Christ confesses in the Gospel of John that he is the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And indeed, St. Peter reminds us in his first epistle, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, a own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Listen, brothers. You see how St. Peter, in his epistle, specifically preaching what Isaiah saw, what Isaiah prophesied, and what is foretold in the Old Testament, and Isaiah said, Then you shall see and be radiant. The sun shall no more be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light, but the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning will be complete. Holy Spirit is reminding us in the book of Revelation, in the prophecies of John, he tells us, no more will these sons move, for the Lord are Promises that one day we shall see him. See him face to face as Moses did on Mount Sinai. As the apostles James, John, and Peter saw Jesus on the mount with transfiguration. As the apostles saw Jesus while locked in his upper room after his resurrection. As Paul saw him knock off the stone and the rose from going to purchase his body to eat. And Malachi, Malachi tells us, only if we fear the Lord shall we behold him and also reflect the glory of the Lord. And Malachi also warns us now, quote, all the arrogance and all 
still be the root your branch. What will happen to you on that great and fearful day? Will you be healed by the Son of Righteousness and celebrate that His divine holiness, His life, is filling the earth, is filling us with meaning and life? Or will you be burned away back into the ashes of the sinner while meeting with the Holy One, not able to withstand His holiness because of our sinfulness? We've all been warned. But the good news is that as Isaiah discusses here, when you realize that you're sinful, only me, I am a sinful man in the presence of the Almighty God. When God hears that prayer, the kingdom comes down to him, stretches his mouth to the stone cold. Behold, he is a nation. That's God's question is. Even though we are here on our filthy rags, God will say, Essentially, I need you. And I can't save you. Well, another devil, but fill us with his Holy Spirit to live new lives. To go forth and be a blessing to our neighbors and our neighbors. At the conclusion of Malachi, he tells us that Elijah will come before the day of the Lord and turn our hearts, turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, turn our hearts back to our neighbors, turn our hearts back to God. And indeed, Elijah has come. And John the Baptist preached his advent. First advent for Messiah, Jesus the Christ. Now Malachi is speaking to us through the Old Testament to warn and remind us that a reckoning is coming. It's not popular to hear that, especially in today's age, but I'm simply pulling it straight from the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God has been given to us. And now Johnny Cash, he has a song on this topic. There was one uh, song from one of his later albums called Sooner or Later, God is going to Touch You Down. Now, what's possible thing to hear? But Johnny had a way with words and a way with taking scripture and making it even more so for the common man. And in the song, Cash notes that what is done in the dark will be brought to light. You can go on for a long time, you can run on for a long time, but sooner or later, God is going to touch you down. The song is quite pathetic. And frankly, it's rooted in the truth of the scriptures. Because we, we hear from our own Lord Jesus Christ, not only his apostles, his disciples at that time, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, at the end of time, when there is a harvest, the wheat will be separated from the shepherd. So truly, sooner or later, God will cut us all down. But some who needed to watch with the wheat. Some who passed with the fire because it's a task not producing just blessing, having an overflow of love for our God. They don't pay to redeem us when we think about the truth. We go and serve our neighbors and love our neighbors because we thank and love our God for his mercy on us. One day all wrongs will made right, including the wrongdoings that we have done in our own lives to our fellow neighbors. 
In the words of Isaiah and the John the Baptist, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path simple. So friends, in the words of the Beatles, this has come. And he is coming. He has been for years, each and every day. We don't know the hour or the time of the day, and neither does the Son of God, for only the Father knows. But shouldn't we reflect on our Lord's mission to love and serve others by doing so today? Or shall we reflect the Lord's glory by one day being set ablaze on that great and terrible day of the Lord because we have no love in us? If we truly love him, we will keep his commandments. That's the word of Jesus Christ. It's not my word, it's not my word. That's his word. Now, shall we be salt and light to the world and be imparted to them? Or will we just simply continue to dwell and be dominated and condemned by our own inner darkness? Light and darkness. Light and It's not a thing that deserves salt. It's one that's fully developed and originated the gospel of Jesus Christ. And late last night, I was curious, how many times is light mentioned in the scripture? In the English Standard Version, the one that we use uh, from the pulpit, it's 277 times. Don't worry, I'm not about to read all 277 times. But in the Gospel of John, it's mentioned 16 times. It ties with the Gospel of Luke in the ESV version for how many times light is mentioned. I do want to briefly turn to the Gospel of John and listen as I read aloud God's warning about whether we'll dwell in light or not. So here's some from God. In him, in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He came to the witness, John the Baptist, to bear witness about the light, Jesus the Christ, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, John the Baptist, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And this is the judgment, this is John 3 19, which parallels night and Malachi. This the light has come into the world, and the people are dark rather than the light because their work is For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. There's your Johnny Cash right there, making John 3.20, and making it to the common man in a wonderful, poetic way. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his work has been carried out in God. So whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his work has been carried out in God. Not my work, but his work, through me. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while. Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus answered, Are not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in so Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. 
the one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of when Jesus had said these things, he departed in the Find this John 12, 18. I have come into the world as a so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Do not remain in darkness. Come to the light. So Jesus explains to us in the gospel reading today, by your endurance, you will gain. And we cannot endure unless we rely on who we call it to be. And the Spirit be renewed in us. He will fall, he will stumble. As he stands, rise up. And remember that he is the fire, the first fear, the baptism, the baptism. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. He is a blessing. He feels his inheritance. What if the endeavor to survive this evil ways are what he did at each and every moment? Let us be fully enveloped in the light and free from the darkness, for our Lord is returning, and his second advent will be one in which the king is enthroned on earth as he is in heaven, and in which he will judge. So the time is now to embrace the good news of Jesus Christ, forsake our sinful nature, completely give ourselves over to him, and come to the new creation, the new humanity that he is making us into. So that the day of the Lord will be the day of death. He will strike the day of God the Baptist preached and prepared the way of the Lord. Today, we need to prepare for the way of the We need to prepare by preparing our hearts, by cleansing it from the carnal desires that we have. We need to take up a fast. The fast from sin, evil, wickedness. Self-centeredness, conceit, envy, greed. Jesus the Christ truly shall return one day, and it will appear like a thief in the night. So the question that I have for you is: Do you take this warning seriously? Do you believe that our Lord, the Son of God, who made all things, will someday return to judge the living and the dead? Are we like the Pharisees who brought extra oil to keep our candles lit in the middle of the night? as we wait upon the bridegroom to return? Or are we like the ones who fail to pray enough oil and we miss the arrival of the groom and find ourselves locked outside in the darkness? So this season of Advent, I urge you to take up a spiritual discipline. Take up your Bible and read. Take up the many prayers. Forsake that which causes you to stumble and to sin. Add away the sin of your neighbor because it's sin, because it's hot, because it's your living each day in a way to serve and love your neighbor. Because eventually you'll be consumed with serving your fellow man and avoid the sin that keeps and roars like a lion to consume you. So, friends, my prayer for us is that may our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ indwell us. The power of the Holy Spirit, each one of us in this place. Go forth in the holy name of Jesus. The true demonstration of the Lord, that we may be found faithful 
Thank you again for joining us on the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. We hope that you'd visit us in person. We have Sunday worship uh, every Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And you can visit us on our website at www.goodshepherdacna.com or visit us on Facebook at Good Shepherd ACNA. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. It not only makes us feel better, but more importantly, it helps those who are searching for Anglican podcasts find podcasts like this one and other ones that are out there on the web. Thank you, God bless, and have a good one. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do.